Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Travis Cronin and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today I'm joined by my one and only co-host this week, uh, the lady who has big lips and iconic hair, Sarah Huron. I have big lips and iconic hair? (laughs) I just wanted to give you a Lisa Rinna shout out because I knew you'd like it. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Gwen is not here. I know that she really is your one and only, but I'm happy to fill in today. (laughs) Yes, Gwen is, you know, lightly ill and will hopefully be back next week. We're sending her kisses from wherever we are. Good, happy healing, Gwen. We miss you. We need someone to talk shade about Meghan Markle because no one does it like you. We are going to give her way too easy of a time. Well, in her absence, today we have an A-list couple shacking up a royal baby name, an even royaler baby birthday celebration, Jersey Shore drama with a capital D, a friend in trouble, and a controversial pageant crowning. Now, before we get into this, Sarah Huron, was there any stories that just made you gasp and go agape and go whoa this week? Of course, first of all, this Hulu documentary about Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. I'm so excited for The Housewife and The Hustler. I mean, <laughs> Young and the Restless. Um, Hulu is doing a documentary about Erica Jane, your house with Beverly Hills, and her husband, Tom, and all of their legal woes. And Pam from like early seasons of Beverly Hills, $25,000 sunglasses is going to be on it. There's supposed to be like recordings from the alleged victims of Tom's who, you know, are missing the millions of dollars from him. I cannot wait to watch it. But of course, since I am the Bachelor girl, I have to bring up the fact that Chris Harrison will not be back for Bachelor in Paradise. I'm not that shocked. The woe was more that David Spade, question mark, is one of the celebrity guests rotating in. Did you hear about this? Um, I sure did. He's going to be doing the first two weeks of the show, which is very, very strange. But I also sort of like it because he's such a weirdo. And I think that his weirdness, like, perfectly offsets them throwing all these people on an island and say have sex or get out it really i think it's lovely i hope that the contestants are going to be able to like be in on the joke though like if someone like david spade and they have like other celebrity guests coming in like i don't these people are a little sensitive i don't know if they're going to be able to handle someone not holding their hand the way more of a chris harrison would um and i'm very interested to see if chris harrison will ever be back or what the plan is for that. But um, an interesting one definitely made me go, whoa. Yeah, I cannot wait for The Hustler and The Housewife. First of all, that name alone deserves recognition for Erica Jane and Tom Girardi's. And, you know, on this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, it doesn't seem like she's talking much about it. She's sort of like dropping little Easter eggs right now. But we know Erica Jane and we know she's not going to unveil all of the details we want to. How many widows did you steal from? Is that diamond necklace belong to an orphan? We want those details. And I hope the Hulu documentary will pull those out. Me too. What was your woe? Uh, well, what made me go whoa this week really made me go sort of and versus whoa. It was a new viral TikTok trend that Lizzo jumped on. Uh, it's the mustard on watermelon trend. And it's supposed Ew. to, yeah, it's like a new trend of people saying that the vinegary mustardy taste of the watermelon like really pairs well with a sweet this uh, the mustard pairs well with the sweet watermelon. So Lizzo just dumped some mustard on some pieces of watermelon and ate it. Spoiler alert, she hated it and almost threw up. But I guess it's something that could appeal to others? Question mark? I think we can all agree we prefer watermelon sugar. 
we definitely prefer that watermelon sugar high that we get. But that just made me go, oh, whoa, and all of those things in between. Well, let's kick off with some news. You know, for the third time, for the third week in a row, Sarah, we are going to triple confirm that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are officially a romantic couple. But now it's even more it's even more official than last week because they were seen um, on a romantic dinner date on Monday night and they had their arms wrapped around each other as they made their way to Wolfgang Puck's new restaurant. Shout out to Wolfgang in West Hollywood. She had her head nuzzled on his chest. They were hugging in the eatery, kissy on the necky. And then there are photos of them, of him leaving her place this morning with like this like shit-eating grin on his face, which is like amazing. It's a very much like I'm in love and just made love to Jennifer Lopez face. That is what that smile tells us. There is no doubt about it. With a hint of I need some more Dunkin' Donuts with the bags under his eyes. (laughs) Yes. And then get me that large coffee with six creams and four sugars immediately. Yes. No, but I can't. I mean, obviously, we knew it was real because we have been saying it for weeks and we've heard about it. But that, you know, the picture of them cuddling was like, okay, okay, this is not a publicity stunt. This is real. Benefer is giving this another shot. Did you ever think it was a publicity stunt? These people do not need any publicity. I feel like it was more of a looking good to your exes, if anything, than a publicity stunt. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like, not just for publicity, but like uh, Jennifer taking back the narrative because the Madison LaCroix and the A-Rod of it all. And, you know, maybe them just being friends and reaching out. I thought I knew they were like in contact, but I didn't know if it was like for sure, like, let's do this thing. But and I obviously I believed our sources and what we were hearing, but that picture just gave me like the confirmation that my brain needed to wrap my head around it because it's been so difficult to comprehend. Yeah, we can hear from sources all the time and we believe them, report them, but you really need to see the pictures to really believe it and make sure. Picks for proof or it did not happen. What I also think is interesting about this whole scenario between Ben and Jen is that right before she went to the East Coast, she had dinner with her ex-husband, Mark Antony, in Miami, like right before she met up with him. So that made me think, oh, maybe she's just trying to get back at A-Rod by, like, doing a tour of all of her exes. Um, But, nah, we see the pictures. They are kissing. They are together forever. Can't wait for their first red carpet together. Together forever, right? That's a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Together. I think they're going to work out. I hope they get married so she can have Dear Ben as their first dance song, the underrated uh, hit from her album from, like, 2003. Well, let's move on to another celebrity couple that we can't stop talking about, Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian, the emo couple of our hard rock twisted nightmare fantasies. Sarah, what can you tell us about why is Travis Barker being shady on Instagram again? Basically, a Kardashian fan account posted a report about Scott Disick and his 19-year-old girlfriend, Amelia Hamlin, and Courtney and Travis having dinner together. I don't believe that really happened, but this account posted a Des Moines spotting that isn't true. And Travis Bark, someone commented, quote, it's so odd to me. Like, what does a 2001 baby have to do with these grown ass people? I know that dinner was dinner was awkward as hell. And Travis Barker, whether he knew it or not, liked, I assume he knew it, liked this comment. He So first of all, so much to unpack. He's on Kardashian fan accounts reading these things about him. And he liked this shady ass comment that is totally true, by the way, about Amelia. What do you think of this? So I, first of all, love that he's on Kardashian fan accounts liking things. Um, I think there's a little bit more 
more to this, Sarah. I don't think that he's just sort of shading it. I think he and Scott are like having issues. We heard that Scott is sort of upset that Courtney is with Travis because this relationship feels a lot more real than the others. And Scott and Amelia, let's be real, are never going to work out because, yes, she is a young child. So that is like not going to happen. So I think that this is really telling of... Scott's feelings towards Travis and Courtney and Travis has been made aware of them. So he wants to take a little dig at Disick, if you will, with all of this. I mean, putting it in the context of 2001 is just, which is when Amelia was born (laughs) is just a lot to take in. And it sucks. And Amelia is such a great model and seems like a lovely person, but I just can't imagine what they have to talk about or what they're doing, what, you know, they see in each other. It's 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 weird. And I'm sort of glad that Travis Barker called this out because we're way too normalizing that Scott is with this young girl and they're clearly not in love. I mean, she had that very lengthy birthday tribute, though. So Amelia wants us to think they're the real deal. She's smitten, but we need Harry Hamlin to pull her out. Yeah, and Courtney and Travis were in Palm Springs for the weekend, and Courtney bought a house in Palm Springs while in Laquita, that lovely golf course away. And I feel like this is going to be like their shack pad where they go like every weekend just to get away from the city that is Los Angeles and like live in Palm Springs together. And really happy for them. Scott and Amelia, less so happy for them, but, you know, not trying to... Actually, I am trying to wish them to break up because they make me uncomfortable watching and I feel like none of them are actually happy. So I'm just going to be mean. I mean, I feel like the first the first couple we tried to break up on this podcast was Jana Kramer and Mike Hassan, and that came true, so maybe this will be next. Oh, and that was really for the best, wasn't it? All right, let's move on to baby names. Sarah, do you have any baby names picked out? Just kidding. I'm talking about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. So let's get into some background. Before the Sussexes came up with the idea for Royal Sussex, they liked the idea of arch, which is the Greek word for meaning of source of action. So they, uh, the Sussexes, uh, Megan said, we connected this to the concept for our charitable organization. We hope to build one day. And it was the inspiration for our son's, son's name to do something of meaning, to do something that combines the ancient word for strength and action. And another that invokes the deep resources we each must draw upon. Lovely. Love it. Fantastic. But now there is speculation online that following the death of Prince Philip, um, they are going to choose something to honor Philip. And the name is Philippa. Philippa, it's like Phil I-P-P-A. Philippa, Philippa, I'm not sure. And there is actually a Ladbrokes, uh, a popular prediction and gambling site. And that is the new name that people are betting on. And they, the, the founder of Ladbrokes says, the support for baby Philippa is showing no signs of slowing down. And we've been forced to trim the odds again that it's the name for Harry and Meghan's daughter. And if they did pay tribute to Prince Philip, they wouldn't be the first. Princess Eugenie and Zara Tyndall both paid tribute to him by giving Philip as the middle names for their sons. Um, I love, I love Archie's name. I think it's so beautiful and comes from such a lovely place. And I love honoring Philip, but Philippa, 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 it seems like a rough one to bring to the playground. What do you think? 
I I agree. I mean, I did have an aunt Phil, a great aunt Phil, growing up. So I mean, who I shouldn't say this, but I just don't know if I'd want my name to be Phil, my nickname to be Phil as as a girl. I just don't know if that's what I would want. So this is a pass for me. Um, maybe a middle name if you want to honor Philip. Yeah, I think a middle name would be great. And I love when girls have boy names. I think it's really cool. But I mean, going there is Phil. What up, Phil? Be like, I'm seeing this sexy lady Phil tonight. It's just, it has a very like Paul, like very masculine name that I think is just going to be rough for everyone involved. Speaking of rough circumstances, though, uh, Miss Kimmy Schmidt, Miss Ellie Kemper, is under a lot of scrutiny right now. Um, it's sort of unsure of what's gonna ha- of what's happening, but I'm gonna do my best to explain this to you. So, a story went viral on Sunday after photos of her surfaced in a 22 year old news story about her being crowned the queen of a pageant in her hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. The pageant was called the Veiled Prophet Ball. 104 year old ceremony sponsored by semi-secret society consisting of wealthy white community leaders which was founded by a former confederate guy in 1878 so she was running for the queen of love and beauty and she was crowned in 1999 as the queen of all the pageants now this ball was known as sort of a kkk sponsored event the veiled profit ball for a while And so now the story that was going around on Sunday was that she is the KKK queen, which I think is a little rough. And I think it's important to remember this was in the late 90s. She was an undergrad student at Princeton and probably, you know, wasn't Googling this pageant. And I really hope that she wasn't going to be the KKK queen. I mean, I definitely need more details of like what this ball is and represents and its connection to the KKK because this is not a good look by any means. Um, And I'm also kind of disappointed that Ellie Kemper hasn't said anything yet. I thought she would shut it down. I mean, I know it's like an old story, but this picture is everywhere. And I thought she would, you know, release a statement. Agreed. And we reached out to her rep. I have not heard back yet. I thought we were going to get like a clearing up from her rep saying, no, she's actually not a white supremacist. It seems like a really easy email to send. Um, But maybe she's waiting to go on Red Table Talk like someone else. I'm not quite sure. But again, you know, we want to give healthy doses of cancel culture, but not until we have the full story. So I really wish she would condemn this horrible organization uh, just even a little bit. Just give us a tweet. Give us a rep response. And her rep does usually respond. So it's a little strange. That's a weird one. I definitely just need more of like an explanation. Like it's, you know, it's definitely goes tricky when it's like, do we cancel someone for something that happened this long ago? And like, who even found this photo? And like, how does this work? Who is part of the cancel committee that they decide to dig up what year and whatever? Like, I I don't want to be on it because it terrifies me. But like, it's just bizarre to me. Like, how does the internet just get together and decide this? But yes, I think we need to hear from Ellie Kemper um, sooner rather than later. And I think it's a misstep that she hasn't said anything yet. Yeah. And Ellie Kemper is... I mean, I've seen her at, like, all these drag queen events. She is, like, friends with a number of people of color. She's so nice. It really just, like, does not seem her speed at all. So we'll hold off on the cancellation committee on this podcast for now and wish her the best.
Have you heard? The juice is loose. It's not OJ, but it's Ron Ron juice. That's right. Ronnie Ortiz Magro and his girlfriend are back together after he is out of jail for allegedly attacking her. They both posted on Instagram photos of them embracing each other. They, of course, disabled the comments. And his emoji had a heart and a bear and the hashtag bear tings. And another photo on his story, he said, wifey for lifey. And let's remember that Ronnie was arrested April 22nd on suspicion of domestic violence uh, with with injuries and priors. A spokesperson for LAPD told us at the time that he was taken to jail after being released on a $100,000 bond. And, you know, this is just not the first or second time we've heard of domestic abuse, so it's sort of hard for me to see them doing bear tings together when it seems like she was mauled by this bear. I mean, it just makes me really upset anytime stories like this happen. I don't, you know, Ronnie has had a lot of issues over the years. We know he sought some treatment recently and he's not going to be on the next season of Jersey Shore. Um, but you just worry about this this woman and, you know, anyone in a situation like this. So I, it makes me sad um, to see it. And I hope he got the help he needs, but I doubt it worked out this quickly. Doesn't seem like enough time maybe to work through these anger issues. Um, and I, I'm hoping that this girl is is okay, basically. Yeah, she's the owner of a lash bar. She really, in New Jersey, she seems really pretty, really nice and like soft-spoken. So I'm worried for her. And Ronnie is currently on probation as part of a plea deal he agreed to in 2020 from a domestic violence against, of course, Jen Harley, um, with whom he shares a three-year-old daughter, Ariana. He avoided those felony charges early this month, but not looking great. But this is the only Jersey Shore star who is in the Big D drama this week. What do we know about Sammy's sweetheart? There's a lot of is she, isn't she going on right now. Yes, Sammy's sweetheart, man. It's what a time to be. First of all, baby Romeo was born. Shout out to the situation. It's literally like, what year is it? The Jersey Shore cast is everywhere. Yes. Um, And Sammy's sweetheart and her fiance, Christian, might be off. It's leaning pretty much towards like they're not getting married anytime soon. Um, According to her social media activity, she has taken out any mention of being a fiance in her Instagram bio. She has wiped or archived many pictures of him going back into like 2019 when they got engaged. Um, People are flooding her Instagram comments with questions. And the only one she answered was one about her self tanner, um, which is always a sign that you're trying to hide something. Christian for his part has not responded to anyone. I think he changed his Facebook name because the press was like asking him about their status. So unclear if they're just trying to work things through or if, they are totally off and don't want to announce it yet. It kind of shocks me that Sammy wouldn't, you know, just put out a little Instagram uh, PSA. So maybe they're trying to work through it and don't want us to know, but it's very obvious based on Instagram. Yes, it's very obvious that there are huge, huge problems. I think you're right. It seems like we're like half broken up, but don't know if we want to like pull the guillotine on this relationship like quite right now. But something is bad and I think the wedding is off. And I really, I feel for Sammy's sweetheart. I really want good things for her. So don't go back to Ronnie, but I hope your life turns in a better direction. Another couple, lots of love lives close this time. Cody Simpson has finally talked about his relationship to Miley Cyrus. He finally spoke out. The two ended things in 2019. It was over two years ago, and he's finally spoken out, which I think is a really good time for someone to 
way to talk about their super A-list relationship. You give it like two years to cool off, then you can talk about it. And he said some really nice things. He said, everything ended fairly amicably. I was just going through one of those phases. I guess you go through and learn a lot from, he told 60 Minutes Australia on Sunday. Um, And I don't really understand what the phase was because she had just broken up with Liam Hemsworth and she had just had the fling with Caitlin Carter of Brody Jenner and the Hills fame. And then he started dating her in 2020. Um, what did you take from these quotes, Sarah? Um, I literally forgot about Cody Simpson <laughs> until these quotes surfaced. So good for him on that. If that's why he waited, you know, drop a little bombs. She always said that they were friends first. And, you know, I remember when they first started dating and they would go live on Instagram and she would throw digs about how this is the first real man she's ever dated and all that. I mean, I will always love Miley. She's like my one of my OG people I was obsessed with. Um, but I've always questioned her decisions sometimes. And the Cody Simpson, they seemed, you know, they were both sober at the time. They seemed good for each other. Um, but like, obviously her divorce flings weren't going to work out. So this didn't really shock me. No. And, you know, I, I love Cody Simpson. I was a big fan of some of his music and I hope he makes it the Olympics this year. He's doing great. We love you, Cody. Keep it up. Is he still trying to do that? Yes, he qualified for the Olympic swimming team and he's like still on the right track, baby. He was born this way. And he is like, I think he's definitely going to make it to the Olympic trials. Good for him. Yeah, why not? I want to get on the bandwagon of talking about Matthew Perry because I am sort of obsessed with this story. It's nothing new that he has suffered from alcohol and drug dependencies. He's been in and out of rehab and been open with that. And now his engagement is called off and his fiance is not sporting her ring. She was spotted yesterday. She was spotted yesterday walking her dog with that of her ring. And every picture of Matthew Perry just looks like he is a cry for help. And I am worried for him. I finally watching the Friends reunion and he just, it's not the face of someone who has it together. Would you agree, Sarah? Or would you completely disagree and call me a monster? No, I mean, I agree. I feel bad. I wonder if Matthew Perry regrets doing the Friends reunion because I know he got that hefty payday. I heard they got like $2 million or something ridiculous each for that two-day shoot. But at the same time, everyone is talking about Matthew Perry and not necessarily saying the nicest things. Chandler was always actually my favorite Friends character, um, him and Phoebe. Um, But it's just awkward and I feel bad for him. It is. It is. I sort of feel bad, like even peering into the story because I want him to get like help and be better, but I, it's, it's an actual car crash and I can't look away from his like bloated face and like sad eyes. Travis. And the, well, I mean, it's what's happening and it's like how you can tell things are bad. I feel really, really terrible for him. Well, and someone that I don't feel terrible for, Queen Elizabeth. She is throwing a party to end all parties. In 2022, the Queen will become the first British monarch ever to mark 70 years on the throne. And she will celebrate with a platinum jubilee, which I'm sure they didn't think anyone would be on the throne for 70 years and probably just had to make that up. We are like, oh God, she's coming. We got to get a name. And today, Buckingham Palace has announced the plans for the four-day weekend Coachella-inspired festival. I'm just kidding. But four-day weekend that will be held in the UK (laughs) next. 
next June as a focal point for the milestone. The plans are very similar to the arrangements of the long weekend for the Diamond Jubilee in 2012. The Fortes of festivities will take place from June 2nd to June 5th, and the special events, as we know them, will be the Trooping the Color, a service for Thanksgiving, a concert at Buckingham Palace, and a series of street parties and picnics, and a Platinum Jubilee pageant. I am so excited for all this pomp and circumstance. They are really giving us what the crown is all about. They're like, how about a festival? Yeah, pretty wild, actually. Um, Congratulations to the queen. I wish that, you know, Harry was going to be in town to attend the Trooping of the Color. Don't think it's going to be that way. It's also interesting timing that all of this is coming up because I don't know if you saw this report that Buckingham Palace denied the other day that um, apparently Buckingham Palace banned colored immigrants and foreigners from serving roles for the British family until the late 1960s. Um, This is unearthed documents that the UK's National Archive, The Guardian, reported um, that Queen Elizabeth's chief financial manager informed civil servants in 1968 that it was not, in fact, the practice to appoint colored immigrants or foreigners to clergial roles in the royal household. They were permitted to serve as domestic servants. The palace has released a statement denying this and these claims saying... Um, based on secondhand account of conversations from over 50 years ago should not be included or or infer conclusions about modern day events or operations. The palace of the crown application and the crown consent are long established and widely known. I mean, it's just wild because of everything Meghan Markle and Harry said recently, and now the queen's celebrating 70 years, supposed to be a positive time. It's like, it never ends. Well, Sarah, I'm going to play the part of the crown. I'm like, don't look it over there when we <laughs> discluded black and brown people from serving in anywhere except for servants. But this will be a year long jubilee celebration. And feel free to enter the design I mean, contest, any color that you are, for it right now. Um, no, this is really, really horrible. And I do feel like this is uh, like a great celebration for her. She has done so much for the country, but also like a look over here. Nothing is happening. Like, look at all of these amazing events. And they are really pulling out all the stops. I want to drop some deets for you, Sarah. So for the Queen's birthday parade, there are going to be 1,400 soldiers, 200 horses, 400 musicians that will take place in the parade. And then it will accumulate with the royal family watching a RAF, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure they're planes that the UK has, fly over from the Buckingham Palace balcony. The Platinum Jubilee beacons, the beacons will be lit throughout the United Kingdom, Channel Islands, Islands of Maids, blah, 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 lit up for the entire year. The Queen's reign will be held at St. Paul's Cathedral for Thanksgiving, another event on the 3rd. And on June 4th, there will be the Derby at Epsom Downs. The Queen and members of the royal family will attend the Derby, watch the racehorse, and of course, there'll be a platinum party at the Palace. And the BBC will stage a broadcast live concert from Buckingham Palace. And the royal household has said it will bring together some of the world's biggest entertainment stars to celebrate the most significant and joyous moments from the Queen's seven-decade reign. I hope the Spice Girls are there. And there's also like three other events I'm not even going to get into because these are the biggest ones. But like, damn, talk about like pulling out all the stops for distraction. I love it. You know, they continue to make headlines and we'll see if, you know, Harry has anything to say about his his grandma's big milestone. Uh, I think Harry will probably be there for this long weekend inspired platinum jubilee. And I mean, they're going to have huge performing stars. Every big like UK musician, I'm sure will be there. And it's going to be 
the party to end all parties. I hope the queen has the energy for this four day fest. It sounds like a lot. I'm already tired looking at it. I'm tired thinking about covering it. Well, I hope you're not too tired for celebrity birthday boxing mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah, I hope you saved your energy because you are solely judging all of these birthday boxing blowouts. And some of them are really weird and are going to make you uncomfortable. So let's get into it. First one we have is Tom Jones. It's not unusual. He is 81 years old this week, and he is uh, battling up against Liam Neeson, who knows where you live and that you have his daughter, who is 69 this week. Hey, 69th birthday. Who's winning? Wow. I mean, what a dream to be doing the solo for once in my life. I'm just so in charge and powerful. Obviously, Liam Neeson, I've seen Taken. I know what he can do. Uh, I'm so sorry, Tom Jones, that you were so disrespected by Sarah. All right, the next round. Couldn't be weirder. Bill Hader. We love Bill Hader. 43 years old versus Emily Ratajkowski, who is 30 years old today. Um, Bill Hader is taking out Emrata and her <sighs> Blurred Lines vibes. Oh, God. And the last final match before the finale. This is absolutely my favorite one. Michael Sarah, 33 years old this week versus Iggy Azalea, who is 31 this week. Wait, can I just say two people whose careers like what are they up to? <laughs> They're up to that they would actually do this boxing match maybe. <laughs> they actually probably would. Iggy Azalea was on Lisa Mon- Lisa Vanderpump's show drinking wine, so she's doing lots of things, Sarah. Fair. Um let's go Michael Sarah. Why not? I liked Juno. Oh. Congratulations to little Michael, Sarah. We appreciate you. Well, now it's a three-way battle. Liam Neeson taken. Bill Hader and little Michael, Sarah is just scared and wants to get out of the ring. What is going to happen with these? Yeah, this is a weird one. Um, I'll just stick with Liam Neeson as my as my fighter because I don't know. Bill Hader seems like more of a lover. Beautifully done, Sarah. Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations to all of our birthday babies this week. And thank you to Sarah for helping me spill all this celebrity without the normal support that we usually have. Again, this is Travis Cronin, Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. After all, they're just like us. We'll see you next week. <laughs>